0: Welcome to this edition of Books, Bible, Beer, and Queer. The podcast was such a general title that I can speak with anyone about almost anything. I am your host, Joyce Hagan McIntosh, and for the record, I like books, I like the Bible, I like beer, and I am queer. Books, Bible, beer, and queer. Um, I'm really happy today because I have like my first celebrity. Did you know that you're a celebrity?
1: I didn't know. I would no. I actually didn't. But I'm. Um, tell me more.
0: Yeah, Kristen <laughs> Becker is my first celebrity. So we are here with Kristen Becker today. And before I listened to any of her work, um, I read about some of her work. And what caught my attention wasn't just that she's working as a comedian. It was some of the projects that she's doing to make life smoother for some groups of people that have a rough go. I mean, this woman is changing lives for LGBTQ young people. And that that initially was what caught my attention. And also... Um, I was excited. I read about the Loosen the Bible Belt tour that she did with Jay Baker. And I kept sending them little tweets saying, I want to loosen the Rust Belt tour because I'm from the Midwest. And I think the people in Detroit and Chicago and Cleveland, we need to loosen our Bible Belt too. I I grew up in Southwest Michigan, and there is a big old Bible Belt uh, running through there. Um, so I will be asking her about that, but I want to note one other thing. So when I first read about her, I was like, Woo-hoo! a comedian working with Jay Baker. This is awesome. And I had this vision of this fun, progressive Christian comedy show. And I was like, Oh my God, Kristen and Jay all day. And then I listened and it was not the squeaky clean comedy hour in fact the prudish part of me was like totally thrown off the non-prude was laughing my ass off um and i was just so happy that these two very different people were giving each other an additional audience and building some bridges um So with all that, I am really happy to welcome Kristen Becker today. Um, Why don't you share a little bit with us about who you are and what you're doing?
1: Wow, thank you so much. Uh, You know, it's funny what you said about um, being caught off guard by, you know, because a lot of people did think that Loosen the Bible Belt was going to be, you know, progressive Christian comedians. And so much so that I had a difficult time, you know, when when Jay and I first got together to do this project, um, I had a difficult time getting us booked in some places. And and my thing and Jay's thing also was that we didn't want we didn't want it to be in a church or in a a queer venue. We we wanted to try to keep it in in spaces where everyone would feel comfortable going, right? So so you don't you don't want to ask non Christians to go into a church. You don't want to ask you know, um, people who might be figuring out how they feel about LGBTQ plus people to have to go to a gay bar, right? Like then they're already, so we try to find neutral, neutral ground, first of all. Um, And then, yeah, the concept was not to, to, at some point, somebody was always not preaching to the choir right because <laughs> the idea was we'd get a, a christian audience and we'd get a queer audience and sometimes those are the same audience particularly in the south into a room to share a multitude of emotions right i mean that's where that's where bonding happens right we've got music we've got uh, actual preaching jay actually preaches i actually do dirty lesbian jokes after Jay preaches about Jesus. <laughs> like it's definitely, you know, um, but we're humans we, we get, to, we know how to have a, a wide range of emotions. And the more we share that with other people, the more we, you know, create community and, and that's where the, that's where the good stuff starts to happen. And to be honest with you, like, I think the funny part for me was I expected, I, I anticipated how uncomfortable my, lesbian fisting jokes might make, you know, a Christian person who came to the show, who maybe has a different uh, general bit of entertainment in their daily life. What I didn't expect was how uncomfortable (laughs) some (laughs) queer people get around. Well, but how uncomfortable some queer people get around Jesus talk, right? Like if you like, it's, it's this, both groups experience discomfort. Right. I mean, that's that's part of it. Part of it is like, hey, these are things, Eventually, you know, yeah. that make up cores of people. Yeah. So. um, So, yeah, it's just funny that I, I think a lot of people did expect that it would be what you thought it would be. um, And even the there there are some towns in the South where all we could get were the gay bars. Right. They, they were the only people that would have us it would be, you know, a queer leaning theater or something in some of these one town, we could only get the CrossFit gym. Like, we, we did a show <laughs> in, yeah, in Decatur, wow. Decatur, Alabama, not Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, Alabama. Shout out to the CrossFit in Decatur. Um, Golden Ape Fitness, I think it is. They, you know, these two uh, straight folks, um, I think Christian. I don't know how hardcore or anything, but, you know, Alabama Christian. And, uh, they had some queer members in their church, but like no one are in their gym and no one, we couldn't get a booking around there. And so they said, well, we'll just have you at the gym. It's big enough. Like we'll bring in some sound equipment and like, we'll it's our gym. We'll do it here. And so we did it there and you know, they got, they lost three members that day. People canceled their gym memberships. Wow. And, and because we, we, under the guys that were promoting homosexuality when we were just promoting love and laughter, you know?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that was a ramble. Sorry, um, well, what, I just what went happened? on and on about that was, um, No, that's good. That's good. What did you and Jay find out when you did this tour? What did you find out about your audiences? Did people start to open up a little bit after hearing yeah, both yeah, of we, you?
1: Yeah, I think when... Uh, it's one of those things where you just model the behavior, right? Like I didn't try to tone Jay down and be like, Hey, could you less from the Bible Jesus stuff? You know? <laughs> and I didn't do that. And he wasn't like, Hey, could you less be, and could you be a little less of a big dyke? You know, Like, then, like, <laughs> we didn't do that. And so we were modeling and we didn't, to be very clear, we didn't know each other before the tour. Right. Like I just saw some work he had done. Um, when he came out in support of of queer marriage and gay marriage uh, well ahead of most people, particularly religious people who still aren't there. Um, and so you know it our relationship started with a tweet and then we got into a van together in Dallas when we met at the airport. So we were modeling wow. the behavior that we wanted to see from people that like hey you can, you can disagree with someone. You can have totally different beliefs. You can have totally different upbringings. But you can learn to have civil discourse. You can learn to have spiritual discourse. You can learn to have discussions. Everything doesn't have to be a fight. Right? So I think that's yep. kind of yeah what, what we learned. And we Amen learned to that, that one. <laughs> and yeah. And there's, there, we also learned that there's not... Um, uh, there's a large percentage of Christians who are no longer being exposed to a loving Christ, right? Like like we had some younger kids be like, oh, I never I never knew Jesus was a loving guy. Like we're just, you know, they're taught to hate and to fear and to these people are going to hell and there's a lot of fear mongering. And, and so it was, I think, eye-opening for Jay to like see like, oh, wait, like, wait, no one's preaching this message of love or they are, but that, you know, it's so funny. I find that, independent comedians and independent they are but not
0: to the queer community
1: yeah but you know it's interesting it feels like we're almost similar pastors in comics like in this way of if you start to speak outside of the mainstream in comedy you don't play the clubs right you play the indie venues and it's kind of true for the church if you if you're not towing the line of uh And all abortions and hate all queers. And if you're not hitting the three party points of the church, then you get sent to a smaller congregation or you get, you know, you, you don't, you don't get the rooms you used to. And so it's just, for me, that's what I learned. the, The parallels between, you know, people just trying to lean towards love in a, a structure of profit and hatred and fear.
0: Well, thanks to you and Jay both for doing that work. That, <laughs> it's, that's impressive.
1: It it feels good. It's fun. Um, we have real moments. Now, the last tour I went out on, Jay couldn't be there. He was having some pretty serious mental health issues. That, and the, the road is not conducive to mental health when you're at your strongest. You know, it's very intense um and so even if you're not famous when you're famous like some people like oh it must be easier when you're famous and i'm not sure it is but it's 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 an intense place so we went out last time without jay and we found guest preachers everywhere we we went and um that was a really interesting bit of work too just to like be able to elevate the the local voices in the community that don't get a ton of support but they have a small congregation that needs to hear their message
0: yeah. mm-hmm but we had well thank you for <laughs> <sharing>. <laughs> well thank you for sharing that one with us and when you're ready to hit loosen the rest belt i happen to be familiar with preachers across the midwest who would gladly uh step in on that one so this is good, good work going on it is definitely
1: It is something that, you know, is not just in the Bible Belt. For me, it's just where I grew up and I, you know, I speak Southern and I feel like there's something about my having, you know, I'm a progressive lesbian in the Northeast that was raised in Shreveport, Louisiana, but I'm also from upstate New York. So I have this, I don't know, I just feel like I've, I've grown up watching my Southern and my Northern friends uh, talk about each other in disparaging ways. And I'm always defending the other when I'm not, you know, like if I'm in the South and they'll be like, those elitist liberals, and I'll be like, now, wait a minute. They're not all, you know, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be in the North and they'll be like those ignorant rednecks. And I'll be like, now, wait a minute. They're not all ignorant. <laughs> rednecks." Right, And so I'm always like, I feel like my role is like in this middle of, I mean, even, for gender right like i'm definitely a fella girly right like i can talk football and periods right so like i'm just like kind of holding this middle space and trying to be a translator for you know and i i i feel like in order to see change in small towns and in the south and rural areas it's about not being condescending to people because people aren't ignorant um where people aren't stupid, they're just genuinely ignorant in the definition of unfamiliar with certain things, and so I don't, I don't think that just because I got a a, a degree in women's studies from Smith, which I didn't, but you know, but just this idea that if you did, that you can then <laughs> go to Bubba's truck shop and start spewing heteronormative at them, right? Like you can't say heteronormative to someone; it's not, they don't speak that language, so. I find that my what I'm really trying to lean into in in my later years in life is uh, <laughs> that middle space, and holding that space where yeah. I can, you know, we can tra- can translate for people who maybe see or speak things differently.
0: <coughs> yeah, me. for me, I always just call it, me- you know, meeting people where you are. Yes, uh, that's just so important. I um, I have a comedy troupe, the mother cluckers out of LaGrange, Illinois. It is fun. We are mother cluckers. What we have in common is that we all had kids in kindergarten at the same time. And uh, LaGrange, Illinois is a white upper class suburb of Chicago in the West burbs. And every show I do, I, I am a mom. I am gay. I am a Christian and I always end up somehow in almost every set coming out as being gay and being a Christian. And it, it's, it's interesting because the women that I work with, uh, they've all been understanding that this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. I'm not going to change anything in my set. Um, but I think it does make such a difference to meet people where they are and just be your authentic self. And it sounds like you and Jay both hit the road doing that. It's so a way to go. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and it's key, you know, As what you were saying about, you know, your own comedy is, like, that the authenticity is what is what works in comedy, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and in, in all publics, in, in everything, really, it works, you know, just be, showing up. When I first started comedy almost 20 years ago, I had the whole, like, oh, I'm never going to be gay on stage there's none of their business right like I'm a comedian I'm not a, lesbian. I'm a comedian that happens to be a lesbian right and then I realized that like for the first three minutes of every set I did the audience was trying to figure out if I knew I was gay right like it was just like i just had, <laughs> had to just so then I went and started Dykes of Hazard and like went in the whole totally different direction years ago
0: perfect. Um, well, speaking of dikes of hazard, although I don't know if that's what you want to cover, I um, I want to learn a little bit about summer of sass because that really caught my yeah. attention too. That sounds amazing. I don't know much about it at all, so please tell us what it is, what you started, and how we can to. help.
1: I would love to tell you about it. Um, so, and it, it actually came out of. Uh, out of Loose in the Bible Belt. So we're on tour. We're in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is where I went to high school, where I grew up. Um, and there's an article in the paper about this kid. His name is Teddy. And he had to graduate high school early because he was being bullied so much. And now this is right around my 20th high school high school reunion. So I think it was something about the the timing of me... Being there 20 years later and this kid's story, reading it in the paper, being excited that it was covered in the paper because 20 years ago it wouldn't have been, but also knowing that it was terrible, that it was my same experience 20 years later. And this was 2016 and a little bit more than 20 years later, I graduated in 94, but anyway, uh, and... Where I lived in Provincetown, Massachusetts, we have a huge summer workforce that comes in. Like we we need to hire a summer workforce for our tourist season, and you know visas were shut down, and it was just this culmination of needs, and and me thinking, wow, what if we just took these kids from small towns in the south here to live and work for the summer? Like you know these are these are eighteen to twenty year old kids who um who just need to be able to walk around without everyone staring at them. And it's really, and getting bullied. It's really simple. It's not, you know, I didn't reinvent the wheel here. I came up with an idea that was, hey, I live in a queer community that had I, had I known this existed earlier in my life, wow, what a different person I would be, right? And so, and I picked 18 to 20 year old because, all right, let's talk about your first teenage gay love, right? Or like, where can you hold hands? Well, you can only hold hands in the bar, you can only show affection in the bar. You can't do it at the mall. You can't do it. So, our, you know, when we talk about queers and addiction and intimacy and all of it, you're like, oh, right. Well, for what it's worth, we spend most of our initial attraction period hiding affection and not accidentally reaching for your girlfriend at the the Walmart or whatever. Right. And then and then we move that into where we're allowed to show that affection. Cool. But we have to buy a beer with it. Right. And so so I went 18 to 20 with this idea of like, let's take these kids before, you know, I mean, yes, I know kids drink in high school when they're not supposed to. I know kids do these things, but let's let me get these kids here where they can hold hands at the library and feel safe and they can hold hands at the grocery store. And it it doesn't matter if they look at each other too long, you know, like 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 let's just Mm -hmm. give them that moment and let them establish these habits before they're going to bars. And before that becomes the only place where, you know, that sort of vulnerability is allowed and safe even. Um, And so we started Summer of Sass and I said, hey, let's bring kids up. And we did. And it's going, you know, we, we serve first summer. We had three kids. Second summer, we had six. This year, I don't know exactly how many we're doing because the pandemic has affected the seasonal housing market in huge ways and so i'm still in the process of like just solidifying housing um because this is a very well-to-do queer beach vacation town right so like um it's getting the same effect of the pandemic as everywhere else right things people moved here (laughs) who wouldn't have normally lived here because it was safe and it was a small town um so so yeah but that's that's what we do we our tagline is what better looks like because we tell kids it gets better but <laughs> if you don't know yeah. how to envision that wh- what are you working it gets better okay great well, what's what is what is that what does better look like and i believe that that is 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 pizza how does swear- it get better what's that
0: how does yeah. it get better
1: Yeah, yeah. How and and what what can I do to make
0: it better? How does it get better? What's the yeah? How do you reach kids? Are you looking at high school or college uh, LGBTQ groups to put the word out? Do they apply? How do you get How do you get kids involved?
1: So people apply. um, From the tour, I had just because every time. We did a show on the tour. We would partner with a small activist group from that area, right? So starting the program was pretty simple. It was just going through my email list and sending an email blast out and saying, hey, do you have anyone in your area that would benefit from this opportunity? And to be clear, the kids work when they're here and they pay rent. Um, What we do is we subsidize, right? Like in order to get a a rental for the summer, you've got to put thousands of dollars off it. Uh, up at the top of the summer. And so I fundraise that money. I rent the place. We give the kids some money, some walking around money, each kid. And you know, I loved that you were like meet people where you are because that is m- like my method of running this program is meet them where they are, help them get where they're going. None of that is my decision to make. I don't, you know, where they are is where they are, where they want to go is their choice. I'm here to, to help facilitate that in any way I can. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, but they do have to contribute. They do, you know, we just make it affordable. We make it so a kid in that age group has the opportunity and P-Town is accessible. Otherwise, unless you're incredibly wealthy, it's just inaccessible for the next generation of queers. And this yeah. place was so important to the formation of, all the people that live here now and and hundreds of thousands of gay people who have come before them who save up all year just to come to P-Town for a week so they can, they can show affection publicly, you know?
0: Yeah, that is awesome. I love that that's something that came out of Loosen the Bible Belt.
1: Yeah, no, it's all kind of one mission because the one thing I realized is that you know, everyone, what happens when you grow up in those places, you get the fuck out. <laughs> can I swear? Sorry. <laughs> right. Like
0: you, well, you can't swear. You can swear. Um, and that's you exactly what you do. Having grown up in Southwest Michigan uh, you know, in case you didn't notice I'm sitting outside of Chicago. There's a reason you uh, you make those decisions for me. I've started spending about half time back in Southwest Michigan. I'm older, I have a job, a spouse, and we're able to afford to have a home in South Haven, Michigan, small beach community. Um, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. People are saving up to go for a week, a summer. We rent our house out. Uh, it isn't, however, a gay stronghold. It's a Dutch reform stronghold. Um, and I love, uh, I've been working with a group in Southwest Michigan called the Out Center. Um, and I absolutely love the work they're doing because they are reaching out. They are doing things to help halt bullying. They are doing things to, you know, my church just became open and affirming. Um, it's, uh, it's remarkable.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. the vote was like 86 to 5. I cried. I cried oh, so badly. Great. It was, it was unreal. Growing up, I never even comprehended something like this could happen. It's United Church of Christ. We're very mm-hmm. forward-thinking and progressive. But, yeah, there's a lot of joy going on, a lot of improvement but I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be in P town for even a day when I was that age and coming out. I mean, that's, that is fantastic. Um, now are you set up as a nonprofit or anything?
1: Yes. Yes. So we are summer of SAS Inc. We are a 501c3. Um, I did the first year or two with, uh, with a sponsor, like a fiscal sponsor who, uh, just to, you know, you want to make sure it's going to work. So we did the proof yeah. of concept stuff, and uh, yeah, and so uh, we are officially a tax deductible place to put your money. <laughs> That's what I tell. Awesome.
0: People. <laughs> <They're> the <place laughs> That's good news.
1: Government, government will say good job.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> um. Well, I will. Uh, I encourage everyone to check that out online. Take you know, a look exciting? at of Sass.
1: Can I tell you a quick fun story that just happened this week? I just sent you, the of list, course. List, but um, around the, you know, we meet them where they are and get them where they're going. And around the, what you know, coming to P town for a day, um, it is incredible. It also can be incredibly unsettling. And you can't undo. So uh, we had a girl named Jessica. I got an email from her dad. Uh, He was from Hoax Bluff, Alabama. And the email basically said, I have a daughter. Her name is Jessica. Uh, She is trans. Uh, We are slowly recovering from the death of her mother a few years ago. I was dead. I'm a cop Uh. in Hoax Bluff, Alabama. And I need help from my daughter because I want her to be okay. And I support her 100%. And can you please help? And I said, sure. He goes, actually, I have a plane ticket to P-Town because I was going to bring her there for her high school graduation. Um, That was going to be her present. Oh, man. And that's how we found it. Yeah, that's how we found the program. And I said, sure. How old is she? And she was like, she'll be 18 like the day after she graduates high school or something. So Jessica got on a plane the day after high school and came to P-Town. Now, Jessica's existence in Hoax Bluff was really a lot of uh in her room because it was it wasn't safe to 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 look the way Jessica looked and and had counselors and had a supportive family. So this is someone who's in the best case scenario in a shitty town. I don't want to say shitty town, but in a town that's not supporting supportive of of others. And by others I mean others outside of the patriarchal white system. Blah blah shit. Um, and so, you know, Jessica came to P town and did really well. Got hired three times. W- <laughs> wasn't particularly good at keeping a job, um, but that was because you don't undo years of social conditioning in a week, right? Like, like if you've been bullied mm-hmm. your whole life, and and everywhere you go, someone sneers at you, or and and don't think for a second that just because you didn't say dyke that I didn't hear you or feel you think that, right? Like people who have been on the side of, Mm -hmm. on the other side of bullying can sense it, can feel it, know it's in your brain, but you, you don't take someone out of that intense situation and retrain them in a week. It takes a while. It takes months, you know, like my job for Jessica was just to open up her eyes and make sure that she knew what the possibility was. Now, fast forward to this week, Um, In my room, on I wake up, Twitter, I'm scrolling, and I see this tweet from HRC, and it's this man in Alabama who's testifying before the Alabama legislature about how he was a cop. And I was like, I turned the volume, I was like, that's Dave! So Jessica is now (laughs) 21, and this week doing podcasts and TV appearances and being an activist for trans rights. In Alabama, as they're going through all of this legislation wow. right now. So, I mean, it's really it, it, the the simple act of creating space for young adults to figure themselves out. Builds their confidence in ways that I don't think you could duplicate anywhere else for LGBT people. I mean, not in the way that this town is, you know, 50% gay. And, and just like this queer existence. And it's just no one thinks twice about it. But yeah, so that is, that I think is my favorite awesome. story so far is just how, how much confidence she has now in the world.
0: Wow, <clears throat> that is awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is a great story. Thank you for I'm sharing you
1: that one. It. I'm it's my you know, it just happened last week and we're all just Ugh. so proud of of the work that they're doing. And and you know, one first year we had a a girl named Chloe who was a, a trans woman of color from Louisiana who was uh basically I got a call from Chloe. This is the first year we'd ever started SAS. I got a call from Chloe and she was in tears. I didn't know who she was, she'd got my number from Louisiana Trans Activists or advocates. Um, she had gotten kicked out of nursing school because she was uh, speaking up. She was her own advocate regarding her pronouns. And so she sent me, Oh a, wow! she sent me a transcript of her grades. Like these are my grades. They, they're, they're not letting me back in because I won't let them misgender me and I won't let them call me a man and I won't, and I don't know what to do. And so we put Chloe on a plane a week later and Chloe came and did a summer here and is now finishing nursing school in Hyannis and did a year with the program and was just, you know, over the summer, I open, I look at the Boston globe and there's Chloe's Chloe at a black lives matter rally, you know, front page protesting and using her voice and like, just really doing. And and it is just space to be themselves. Authenticity.
0: Wow. You are using your voice to do some amazing work.
1: I'm just reading. That's, uh,
0: that's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's life changing for young people. So,
1: they do, they do the work. Speaking of work, work.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you get it started. How about that? For sure. I appreciate <laughs> that you get it started. Um so speaking of work 2020 was a shit show uh for most people who yes um what what are you doing and how are you keeping going and is there anything that you want to share with the bbq bbbq listeners about uh what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're making a go of it in 2020 2021
1: So, yeah, I really I'm had absolutely no problem uh, getting unemployment, living frugally and like just hunkering down for 2020. For me personally, I don't know. I guess I've felt for a while like the system we're existing in is a little bit broken and needs a, a, a revamp. And so it was easy for me. And, and that is everywhere. That's not, I don't just mean police. I mean, education. I mean, I mean, our overall, you know, healthcare, all, all of our existence in, in our country, and apparently all over the world. So I hunkered down. Um, I started running a bit that helped a lot for my brain. Um, I recognize that performing gives me a chemical boost that I'm not receiving. And that's okay. If I'm a little sad about it. <laughs> um, and I, you know, i that's I'm, healthy what are you going to do? Right? Like th- this is where we are. And we are obviously yeah. in a large universal shift and you can attribute that to whoever or whatever you believe in. And, but it's clear it's happening. And so for me, I'm really, you know, I went hard into summer Sass this year. We took last year off obviously because of the pandemic. Um, and I've started writing. I'm, I'm excited to get back to comedy. Um, but I'm also not in a rush because I, and that could just come from doing it for 20 years. Like it's, it's going to be there and, and I'll be ready to hit it when it when it does. And now I'm really kind of just embracing that I'm not going to fit into a genre per se. Right. Because I do run this not-for-profit that I founded and I do sometimes share a stage with, uh, with a, a, a pastor. I also did a stripper virtual telethon where we, we, we raised money for sex workers. <laughs> I'm going to do that too. You know, I have a character that awesome. I do called called Sergeant Roach Cannabis Coach. I'm going to do that character. And so um, I've really leaned into uh, just this last month. I kind of started pushing my Patreon. Are you familiar with the Patreon concept?
0: I'm not. Tell us about it.
1: It's basically, you know how when you listen to PBS or NPR, they're like, this is our pledge drive. And you can pledge $5 a month for it's that for diy artists and independent artists right so you say hey i like the work that that kristen becker's doing or whoever's doing and i'm going to give two dollars a month to support that work and then my responsibility is to produce things and to make things happen and sometimes they're going to be written words and i think for me that was my biggest 2020 growth process was just kind of accepting that like i don't have to try to be a stand-up and like at At individual times, right? I can be a, a standard comedian that does well on stage, you know, that tours and also have a not-for profit and also do this other, like I can do all those things, and that is all of what encompasses who I am. And so it it felt like the right platform for me into the future of like, I'm done trying to fit into any one category. This is who I'm doing. Will I put out a new stand-up CD every year? Probably not CD. What am I? Where am I? Is it 1997? <laughs> and will I put out a, you know, will I will I put out a new recording every single year? Probably not, but I'm also going to do a sketch show. I do a character Sandy Claus, Santa's older gay or drunker sister. That's a Christmas show I do now. So, yeah, I think that was me leaning hard into what I think is going to be the future of you know, small groups of people supporting locally and I'll see what happens. That felt like a, sounds ramble. like a Sorry. good plan.
0: <laughs> no, it was not. That was not a ramble. Right. So I encourage everyone to check out Kristen yeah. com. If you get a chance, check out Sandy Claus. Those sketches are hysterical. <laughs> have I'm to confess. You like um, Well, I, uh, I can't smoke pot. Did it once nauseous for like six hours straight. Couldn't do it. I apparently that's Mm -hmm. rare. So maybe I'm rare and special, but I loved Sergeant Roach cannabis coach. He was hysterical. Um, I encourage everyone to learn more about summer of SASS. Uh, you are doing some great work and, uh, I absolutely appreciate what you're doing. I
1: appreciate that.
0: Well, and I'm glad you're willing to uh, talk with me about it today. This is awesome. And it's, uh, you know, you are being authentically yourself. And thank goodness you're willing to work with people who aren't a cookie cutter of you. Because I don't know how many additional Sergeant Roaches or Sandy clauses the world could take. I think, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, just for you and what you're doing, um, and I appreciate it. And uh, you can rest assured, I will keep bugging you about bringing the loosen your Bible belt and bust belt. I will, I will be giving you a shout out at some point. So
1: it will. I think that you know, once this pandemic is over, I do think that it's going to uh, will come back in a in a way that does include because we did learn that like well, we started with the Bible. Bible belt that this is something that is happening even with SAS I'm getting you know I've had some kids from Ohio Wisconsin I've had some not Bible belt kids also uh, come through the program and, and and it is it does seem to be something that smaller rural where religion is is suffocating instead of you know uplifting
0: yeah yeah it's important work. So thank you for doing it.
1: Thanks for having um, me on this. Unless
0: you have something else you want to share with our listeners, uh, I will sign off for this episode of Books, Bible, Beer, and Queer with Kristen Becker, who's an awesome comedian and activist and person who's getting good work done.
1: Wait, hold on. What's your favorite beer?
0: What's my favorite beer? Um, Talk to two. You know, or two or three. Um, I'm not going to name a place. I will name a few types. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a girly girl when it comes to beer. So I love like raspberry lambics. It's like drinking raspberry fizzy water, but I also I, love I some do know of this. the yes, chocolate milk this. sprouts. You can give me something like is it dragon's breath, the dragon's milk, dragon's claw, dragons whatever? Some of the really thick milk stouts. I guess I like it all. Mm-hmm. I'm not picky.
1: <laughs> we have well, we we do have a we do summer obsessed does have a partnership with the Provincetown Brewing Company that we are on the back of that they do what they call draftivism, and they give fifteen percent of <laughs> profits to local charities. So there awesome. is a there is a coffee stout called. Yeah, there's a coffee stout called Asphalt Glitter, uh, and the the profits from percentage of profits from that go back to Summer of Sass. So whenever you come to P Town, you're gonna have to go to the Brewing Company, and we'll have to get you some some uh, Asphalt Glitter. And
0: uh, I and will. Come I will participate full in some draftivism. Yeah, draftivism. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I'm clear. Sounds awesome. Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much. I had a great time. All right. Thank you.